koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is koinonia. This is community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Well, good afternoon. This is uh, Friday Eve. I just heard somebody say that in the, the in the office, and I thought, oh, that's a good way to look at it, right? I, I'm a big fan of Thursday anyway, but you know, Friday Eve makes it even makes it even more fun, doesn't it? Uh, we are having some incredible weather uh, outside. Hopefully, you're going to plan to get out and do something fun this weekend. I'm going to be at the uh, uh, Kiss Me I'm Irish Run. Our good friend Daryl Tupkin and uh, the Elf Dude. Uh, or Leprechaun Dude. I don't know. He's He's got a couple of dudes, depending on which run it is. But we are going to be out there, Mary and I. And, uh, uh, tr- you know, training hasn't gone well this year. Uh, for those of you following along on the 1,000-mile challenge, it's I- I'm still not into triple digits, and this is not good. That means I'm going to really, really have to put it together to try to get there. But last Saturday morning, we did a, a training run, and uh, I was still able to walk that night. So... That's a <laughs> that's a bonus. We're gonna we're not fast, but we're uh, we're certainly dedicated. We're gonna be out at Westgate uh, for the Irish Run. We're picking up our packet tonight uh, in in Scottsdale. If you want to uh, join us, there's I think there's still an opportunity for you to register if you just bring the cash uh, out to uh, Roadrunner Sports tonight. They're just south of the uh, 101 uh, off of Scottsdale. Um, but you can go online too. Irish Run AZ, I believe, is uh, the website. We're giving away tickets, ten of them, to uh, a group of ten to aspire the three hours just for women, an evening full of laughter, learning stories, and music. The music is our, our good friend Mia Kane, and uh, comedy from Carrie Pomerale, speaking from Shante Fieldhahn and Shannon Hoffbauer. And I plan on having all four of them on here in the next couple of weeks. But this Friday, tomorrow, because this is Friday Eve, is the last day that you can register for your chance to win the 10 free tickets to Aspire out at Pure Heart Christian Fellowship. Friday, April 8th is when the evening is. And you can, again, register to win a pack of 10 tickets. So you and nine friends, maybe you're your your women's group at church or, or or your Sunday school class, whatever. But you need to send an email to win at faithtalk1360.com. That's win at faithtalk1360.com. Put aspire in the subject line, A-S-P-I-R-E. Put that in the subject line, and then, of course, your email is there. We need your daytime contact phone number, your first and last name. You know, just the details of how we can let you know if you're the winner. All right? So, 10-pack of tickets to Aspire, and we're going to be talking a lot more about this. Uh, all the ladies are going to be on the program, like I said, between now and then and give you a lot more opportunities, but you can still win that 10-pack of tickets for that. Now, I've got another women's event that's coming up next Friday, a week from tomorrow, that is at North Phoenix Baptist Church, and uh, the tickets are free. So, I, you know, it doesn't really help for me to give away tickets, right? They're free, so, you know, anyway. Uh, in fact, I'm going to have uh, Debbie Taylor Williams, who is the guest speaker of Listen Up, When the Spirit Speaks, 
an event for women, Friday, March 18th, there in the chapel at North Phoenix Baptist Church. Debbie's going to join us today via phone here in about a half an hour or so. And there's a, a very important letter that has gone to the Secretary of State, uh, John Kerry. It has to do with ISIS and uh, how, you know, they're killing Christians. And there's a, a legal thing that if our government says that this is genocide, which it obviously is, and this letter spells it out very clearly in a legal sense, then, uh, you know, the U.S. government is compelled to act. Uh, If they don't call it genocide, then they can pretty much do nothing. So that's the reason we're imploring uh, Secretary of State John Kerry, President Obama, and your congressperson is who you're going to need to contact. But uh, one of the authors of that letter to John Kerry is next here on Koinonia. This is a topic that we've talked about um, on a couple of different occasions, Alliance Defending Freedom, Bruce House Connect with Focus on the Family and others. Uh, Eric Osborne is joining me on the phone right now to talk about uh, a letter that has been crafted and sent to uh, Secretary of State John Kerry. Eric, uh, thank you for joining us on Koinonia. Thank you so much for having me. Eric, uh, just give us a tiny bit of background here on uh, why uh, this is such a big deal as as far as um, having the the verbiage changed on how we're dealing with ISIS and uh, what's going on in the uh, persecution of Christians? Well, what I would say, first of all, Tom, is that this is a... Um, we are asking for the State Department to declare that what's, what ISIS is doing to the Christians in Iraq is a genocide. Um, that is um, something that has been rarely declared. I mean, even with some of the most horrific instances in history... The U.S. government has rarely made a formal declaration of genocide. Um, if they do, it would obligate the administration to do something about this. Um, I can't speculate on what that would be. That would be a policy decision for President Obama and Secretary Kerry and others. But it would almost certainly lead to a lot of international aid and relief efforts um, and other pressure to really do everything they can to protect the Iraqi Christians, to secure their, their lives, um, and, and their livelihood going forward. Um, it would just have an immense, an immense impact in helping these people that are going through just a, a, a terrible, terrible situation. And, and that's quite literally the reason that they haven't labeled this is because it would compel them by law uh, to intercede, and they don't want to. They want to intercede kind of for everybody but Christians, which seems kind of odd. Um, is that a true statement? Well, um, a true summary, for my opinion. That that may be true. (laughs) I, I, as a a lawyer, I'm afraid Tom can't can't say that, Um, you know. But it it Um, seems to be that, from my opinion, anyway. We'll uh, we'll leave it at that. Now, you uh, helped craft a letter to uh, John Kerry spelling out um, uh, this, and that's important why. So we understand that state itself is divided. You know, the administration is very, very seriously considering labeling this a genocide, which, as I noted, would be completely historic. 
but they are divided for some of the reasons you just articulated, that it would, it would require that they do something about it. And we were informed that what state needed more than anything were legal arguments to help make the case for why this is a genocide. And in particular, the biggest problem that state has faced is the fact that ISIS claims that they offer Christians something called the jizya, which is um, a tax, basically, that if you pay the tax, you're allowed to live in peace. Hmm. And <laughs> what we have found from our review of public records that are available is that ISIS does not actually offer the jizya, or that if they do offer it, it's basically a sham, that um, they make people pay gold coins to them on the spot, and then if they can't pay it, they do horrific things to people's families as they watch. Mm. Um, and so what we're trying to show the State Department legally is that the fact that ISIS claims that there's this alternative, um, according to ISIS, it's either death or pay the jizya. And under genocide law, you have to have the intent to commit genocide. And there are some people that have said that ISIS doesn't have the intent because its only intent is to force Christians to choose between paying this tax or dying. Hmm. And that may seem crazy to us, that someone could be forced into a decision like that and it wouldn't be genocide. And um, part of what we wanted to do was show that actually that choice isn't real. And the way that ISIS has framed it um, is such that the administration should find genocide regardless. Okay. Uh, what can my listeners do? Uh, how, how can we support you in this effort? What, what do we need to do? So the biggest thing is that the administration is going to decide this issue by a week from today. Thursday, March 17th, is the day that Congress has set for them to make a yes or no decision. And we have provided the legal arguments that they need. What we need is to continue to build a political movement to make this happen. I'm happy that things are bipartisan right now. We have 220 sponsors in the House. For a House Resolution 75, which is a House statement stating that this is a genocide, Hillary Clinton has come out on the campaign trail and has stated that it's a genocide. Um, what we just need to do is to provide that final last bit of support to convince Secretary Kerry and President Obama uh, to make this ruling. And so what I would ask your listeners to do is to call their members of Congress, call their senators, and encourage them, first of all, to support House Resolution 75, and also encourage their members to lift up the phone and call President Obama himself or Secretary Kerry. Because if members of Congress started to make those phone calls to the administration, it might be the final step that we need to get this over the hill. That means we need to take action right now. We can't put it off. We've got to do something right now because timing is critical, as you said, a week from today. Uh, That's right. Eric, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to help uh, explain this to me and to the listeners here, and even more so uh, that you uh, worked in crafting this letter to get it, uh, to get the legal uh, substantiation for why this is true. And uh, we appreciate your efforts. If somebody wants to learn more about this topic overall, do you have a recommendation as to where they could turn? Yes, there are two websites to check out. The first is called philosproject.org. Philos is P-H-I-L-O-S project.org. And your listeners can find a copy of our letter there. Or they can go to a website called stopthechristiangenocide.org. That's stopthechristiangenocide.org. And that website has a lot of information about this, as well as the petition that the Knights of Columbus have put together that people can sign. Um, I encourage everyone to sign that petition, 
But in particular, I encourage them to call their members of Congress and to call the administration. Our action is twofold. Eric, thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. We have an obligation, I believe, as people of faith, sometimes to stand up. And I think this is one of those times. If you need information on who your congressperson is, you can always send me an email, Tom, at faithtalk1360.com. That's Tom at faithtalk1360.com. Okay, that we're going to have uh, a little more uh, fun in conversation in studio with me from Hope in the Future, Phoebe and James. Uh, Phoebe, welcome back to Koinonia. It's been, uh, we figured out, not quite four years, right? Right, not quite four not years. Not quite four years <laughs> since you were here. Uh, but you were at our uh, pastor's appreciation luncheon, yes. hoping a future had a booth there. Wonderful. Uh, just what was your impression? I mean, just it was a great day serving pastors, right? It really was. First of all, it was a beautiful day, so that obviously helped. Um, there were quite a few people out there, wonderful people. They uh, loved talking to us. It was, it was a great time to share about Hope in a Future, a wonderful organization. Um, I want to say thank you for allowing us to be on your station sure. with you uh, to share about Hope in a Future because it is such a great organization. Um I've been a part of this organization for about four years now, officially. Um, I was brought in as one of the first kids that were on their scholarship. So myself and my brother actually were in foster care. So I know how impactful this organization can be and how wonderful it can be to all these kids that need help. Um, So I'm just so excited to be here to talk about it. Um, Like you said, I'm Phoebe, and I just uh, have uh, one of my colleagues, James, here. Uh, Let him introduce himself. Yeah, my name is James Adams, and once again, I appreciate you letting us be here on the show oh, with you. Oh, it's, it's my delight, I, and I'm, I'm glad to meet you, James. Uh, heard of you uh, numerous times in my conversations with Michael, and uh, after you getting the new facility over there, right. uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, God is just doing some pretty incredible things with this little idea that Michael had. But uh, uh, go ahead and tell us what your role is there at Hope in the Future, James. Well, my role started... 11 years ago when actually Hope in the Future started, I was a volunteer, a cousin at camp with teens who are in the foster care system and volunteered through that. And then a couple of years ago, Michael asked me if I would come on board and direct the programs that we do. And I said, of course, I'll come on board and direct those programs. What an awesome opportunity it would be to work with kids. I had worked with kids in education in the past, and this is just a different way to kind of help mold and shape the future of our, of our country. Well, Phoebe, I know you've got a lot, especially having experienced it firsthand. Uh, you have lots to talk about this organization. For people to say, Hope in the Future, gosh, you know, that sounds like a verse in the Bible that I remember. Uh, but what is Hope in the Future? Uh, well, Hope in the Future was uh, designed to uh, serve foster children. And all that's because uh, we know it says in the Bible that we need to serve the orphans and the widows. And so uh, Michael Brewer, the one you talked about earlier, uh, had a heart for it. And he said, well, I'm just going to do it. Hmm. And so he did it. And here we are, you know, 11 years later with so many programs and so many options for these kids to, to go down. Um, so that's what we do. You know, we, we create programs and we create things to serve these kids to better their future. Uh, our whole goal is to give them a plan and then to help them get the future that God created for them because we all know these kids have futures and plans. And, and specifically, one of the things Michael and I talked about just this last weekend is that it's amazing what just a little bit of hope uh, in the life of one of these young people can really do. Yes. And, and, and you know, you speaking to you personally, what was it like for somebody to say, hey— Phoebe, we love you. Yes. And, and and God loves you, and we want the very best for you. 
uh, a lot of these kids don't get it. And I know I didn't receive it for a long time. It just takes one person to believe in you. And that one person can seriously change your life. And they can show you the true meaning of what love is. And then we know that's God. Um, You know, I was lucky enough to be placed in a family that had uh, two godly parents who showed me that. And even though it took me a long time to realize who God was and what his love was truly about, uh, they finally, you know, got it to me because they were so consistent. Mm. And I think that's what's so important is these kids need consistency. They need to know that we're always going to be there even if you fail, even if uh, you run away from certain things, we're still going to be there because that's exactly what God does for us. Um, And I think we're able to do that with a lot of our programs that we do. And so it's really exciting to see God changing. I mean, we have so many stories, you know, 11 years later of of how God's changed so many of these kids' lives. I mean, for instance, I'm sure you've met Chelsea, Sure. you know, and she just graduated. Yeah, from uh, from Grand Grand Canyon. Canyon. And it was one of those that I got to follow along on Facebook. Right. And she was at the first camp. Yeah. You know, how exciting is that? Uh, to see her, you know, representing Hope in a Future, having a nursing degree. She's going to come back to our camp this year and be one of our uh, nursing assistants. Like, how awesome. Yeah, and, and that uh, that's something that I've seen uh, with a lot of the young people is their desire to come back yes. and participate after, yes. you know, they're out of the program. Who wouldn't? Yeah, so yeah. we're, we're going to continue the conversation. We're talking about Hope in a Future here on Koinonia, this is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. If you want to find them online, it's pretty easy. azhope.com or org? Dot com. azhope.com. We'll return next. Continuing the conversation here on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. This is Koinonia. As I uh, said earlier, Phoebe and James in from Hope and a Future. And we have this whole segment together. But Phoebe, you know, with your extensive background in broadcasting, you know, I just thought I'd just turn the radio <laughs> show over to you. Actually, there's just a lot Thank of great, <laughs> a lot of great uh, programs that Hope and a Future does. And yes. I have mentioned before that I had the, the distinct honor of going up for one of the summer camps and participating in the uh, uh, the Princess program. Yes, one of the best programs. Wow, that thing is awesome. And I, what I got to do personally was I was one of the servers, but I got to walk the girls in to the this well, incredibly decorated hall. They're dressed to the nines. Yes. You know, and I had my uh, black outfit with the pink tie. Pink ties. And yep. I got to escort these. And what was really cool for me is the first girl that I escorted in, I think she was probably uh, 16, 17, and she was completely quiet. Yes. I couldn't get <laughs> her to shock. say hi. You know, right. it was just barely, but she's just, her eyes were wide. You know, an hour later after dinner and the dancing and everything was going, I went over and 
boy, she was just all chatty and talking, and it was great. <laughs> Literally a transformation in just the period of about 45 minutes. Yes, and that usually happens with every single girl. It's amazing. When they first get there off the bus, they are just so shocked and quiet, and some of them probably don't even want to be there. But after uh, we do the Prentice program where they get to be dressed up, and uh, Dolce Salon comes out and does their hair and their makeup, and we get them dresses and stuff, and they eat dinner, and then they get a dance, I mean – complete turnaround you know these girls are like okay i think i like this place yeah, no, and 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 as some have said uh, talking with them years later even it is the first time that they'd ever been treated as a lady or yes. as somebody a daughter of, of a king. value yes, yes daughter of a king daughter of a king and that's the that's michael and kelly i remember them telling me specifically we're here to let them know of the king's love for yes. them yes exactly which is incredible yeah well and that's what we're about with hope in the future is life transformation doing the small things that maybe some of these teens haven't seen and haven't been a part of, and letting them know that they're loved and their values in Christ. I mean, the Arizona State um, statistics on foster teens and foster kids is staggering. We have 20,000 kids in the foster care system Mm. in the state of Arizona right now. And of those, 9,000 are between the age of 9 and 18. So we work with those that are most likely going to age out, never finding a forever home. And so what we try to do is work with them because only 33% of them are actually graduating high school right now. And then 25% are becoming incarcerated, and 20% are becoming homeless. So we were like, we need to do something about this. We need to give them the idea of transformation of life, that they are valued, that they're not what their past says, but they're what God says. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just one program. You've got lots more. Yes, we have multiple programs, yes. So uh, obviously Track Camp, that's one of the biggest programs that we have. Like you said, the Princess programs for the girls. And then we have the All-Star program for the boys, and we try to treat them just like uh, sons of the king as well. We want them to know that they are loved just as much as um, anyone else. Um, And from there, we encourage all those kids to go to our Life 360 program, which is Life Skills. And we meet once a month, and through that we try to teach them anywhere from cooking to changing a tire. Maybe uh, Mm. they need help with their FAFSA for college. Maybe they need to learn how to uh, buy a car, rent an apartment, check their credit score, Um, anything that parents would teach normal children that they don't get. Mm. Um, So life skills is very, very uh, important and impactful, I believe. Um, And from there, we obviously uh, found out they needed more than just meeting once a month. Um, And so James decided to create a mentoring program. I'll let him talk more about that. Right, so I was sitting down with one of our boys who's been in our program for many, many years, and he was going for a job, and he was trying to get his GED. And I asked him, hey, when you get this job, when you get this GED, who are you going to call? And he was just silent. Wow. And so I flipped the question, and I asked him the same question, but I said, what if you don't get the job? What if you don't pass your GED? And he was just very solemn, and he told me he had nobody to call. And that's when I was realizing that each of these teens – needs someone special in their life. And we can have as many programs as we want, but programs don't necessarily always equate to a relationship. Correct. And what these teens need is a relationship with a godly man or godly woman who loves them, who loves God, and is going to be part of their life. And so we started the Life360 Mentoring Program where our volunteers step up and say, I'll be part of this young man or this young lady's life for a year or more. And I'll be with them through hard times and good times, and I'll celebrate with them, and I'll cry with them if I need to. And we've just rolled that out in January. We're in March now, and we have some amazing stories. Amazing stories. We have one of our girls was pregnant. She gave birth to a beautiful baby girl, and the person she wanted in the delivery room was her mentor. Wow. Her mentor actually cut the umbilical cord. Wow. Yeah. 
And That's we have really powerful. another story that we just heard this morning of one of our mentors working with a girl who has a young baby now, too. And she went to licensing to become a foster parent. She's going to be the foster parent of her mentee and also bring in the mentee's baby into their wow. home. So it's really about relationship building and creating relationship bonds with these teens. Yeah, because like you said, it's that one person. They need that one person to truly believe in them. And you can literally transform their lives. Think about, and you know, uh, if you want to think about dollars, if you're a business person, um, you know how much an unproductive, homeless person, uh, uh, cause, especially if they have health issues, how much that costs the community financially? Right. It's a lot of money. Tons. Right. A lot of money. But for, a, uh, for an investment into a young person's life, just an hour a week or, yes. or whatever, that's an incredible, incredible opportunity for you, not only to have a life-changing impact on that child, but you're helping the community as a whole as well. Yes. And yeah. you have a whole organization to walk alongside of you while you do that. You know, we don't just throw these mentors out there. We train them. We're there for them. We talk to them on a daily basis. We encourage them um, so they can give that right back to the kids that they're helping. Um, And also, you know, along with the mentor program came a lot of other things that we were able to start with uh, a pay for grades. You know, if they get really good grades, we want to pay them for that so we can make sure that they're graduating high school Mm. because that's obviously a a thing that we're struggling with. Um, We also have a, a huge Christmas party. I don't know if you've ever been to our Christmas party. I've seen pictures. Last year we had over I've 800. I've seen pictures, it was, yes. Yeah, it was huge. It was, it was amazing. amazing. Um, beautiful. Beautiful to see these families and all these kids come together. And, and just for that day, they can forget all their worries, all their stress, and they just can be kids again. So that's yeah. pretty incredible. Um, so we love our programs. And also, um, like I said, the way I got involved was through our scholarship program. Uh, where when these kids graduate high school, we try to offer them scholarships to either go to Grand Canyon, you know, any any other schools that they're wanting to, uh, even state colleges, because uh, we want them to have that future, you know. And that's how I got involved. They offered me a full ride scholarship, and then when I graduated, they offered me a position. So here I am today, you know. And uh, so we encourage these kids to get into. It, it was neat for me. I had occasion to come over to the facility. And uh, walk in the door. What a blessing yes. that is. We could go on about that, uh, how God provided there. But to see you, uh, you know, behind the desk yes. and helpful, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, weren't you one of the kids that exactly. was, you know, I mean, you know, that's that's what it's really about. Yes, right. that's exactly how amazing this organization is. You know, they don't just help you and say, okay, bye. They're like, no, we're going to be here. You know, Michael was with uh, Brandon, who, I mean, went to the camp was there for his graduation for high school, was there for his graduation for college, was there at his wedding. Now wow. he's back, you know, volunteering. You know, so that that's that's who we're helping. Yeah, and, and maybe you're listening and you're going, ah, you know, I just don't know how I can do anything. But let me just real quickly, uh, if Michael was here, he could tell it much better than I. But it, Michael stepped out in faith. He, he went yes. for another uh, uh, camp. And it was for the younger kids, and there wasn't anything for that next age group. And he go, well, where are they going to go next year? And, well, duh, we don't know. There's not really. So he says, i got to do something. Right. In April, they didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> and they were going to have a camp in June or July. I don't remember exactly. But think about that. That's a big step of faith. Yes. April, zero, goose egg to camp with kids and God taking care of everything. Exactly. Yep. But it wouldn't it. have happened if he'd have said, you know, 
I just don't. I I, I don't. I, I don't know, and I'm afraid, so I'm not going to do anything. Right. Right. It was an amazing thing, and I was a part of that first camp, and so I got to see some of these students like Chelsea go through the entire program. <laughs> and as what it is is basically uh, a family. We yes. are there to support however we can. The younger we can get to them at Royal Family Kids Camp at seven, yeah. and track them all the way through track camp, then into our Life Three Hundred and Sixty program, then into our mentoring program, and hopes of possibly a transitional living program that we're working on now. Uh, the more impact you can make, you know, it's about changing that one kid's life. Yeah, and I, one of the things I'm going to uh, have you talk about just briefly is just the mindset of the volunteers for these camps. You, we, you mentioned you were one of the cousins. Well. Just think about the dynamic, changing the dynamic instead of it being the camp counselor and the camp leader. And no, this relationship is about family. So the right. the counselors are cousins. Yes. Right. And we then, you know, and, and you can go all the way grandma, up grandpa. to grandma and grandpa. <laughs> yes. You know, and if he doesn't look like Father Christmas, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> Santa Fred. He, Santa he Fred. does, right? <laughs> yeah. So that is the relationship so that they're, they're being, you know, reiterated that this is family. Exactly. Yes. And this is what love in the family can be. Yes. You know, some of the kids, they've come from abusive situations. Come, some, the abuse is just absence. Right. Yeah, neglect. And that is something that every child needs is just hope. Exactly. God hope is future. there mm-hmm. to give them a hope and a future. And yes. you, can, you, can truly, uh, you can truly live this out. And, and you can be a part. We've got just a couple of minutes here. Uh, and I, maybe both of you want to do it, but just uh, appeal to the listeners. Tell them how they can get involved. What are some things that you need long-term? What's some things you need short-term? Well, obviously, we always need money. So uh, if any of you guys would like to donate, like you said, just go to our, our website, azhope.com. It's an easy way to donate money. Uh, that can go to programs. That can go to our scholarship program, go to camp, go to our mentoring. Um, so please, please. Um, also, anytime you know you know, want to volunteer, we have great camps, great uh, things once a month to volunteer at. Um, with that, it, the donations are completely tax deductible. It's a yes. tax credit, dollar for dollar, $800 for married and $400 for singles. Took advantage of that myself with, right. uh, uh, with Hope in the Future. And if, just real quickly, if you don't understand the program here in Arizona, uh, this $400 donation to um, – uh, hope in a future, I'm actually just redirecting the money that would have gone to the state to hope in a future. In right. other words, I get to say where my tax dollars actually went. Right, yes. right. Didn't actually cost me anything. Instead of paper clips, it goes to kids. That's kids. right. Yes. Very good. All right. Uh, thank you both for thank being you. here. Thank you. So what much. a delight to have you. We'll have you back uh, maybe once again before camps and then. Got to have you back after camp, too. Yes. Maybe nice. bring one of the kids in awesome. as well. So, Thank Phoebe, you. James, thanks for thanks. being in. All right. Again, go online, azhope.com. That's azhope.com. And you can learn. You can see some great videos with the programs that we talked about here. Uh, we're going to uh, talk with Debbie Williams next. You're listening to Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.
Listen Up is coming to North Phoenix Baptist Church on March 8th, or excuse me, March 18th, and uh, the keynote speaker is Debbie Taylor-Williams. Debbie is uh, on the phone with me, and Debbie, I'm going to, right off the bat, as soon as you say hello, people are going to know that you're not from around here. <laughs> I'm sure that's true, Tom. It's great to be with you today. And I am from Kerrville, Texas, which is near San Antonio, so you're exactly right. Well, I uh, know that you're going to love your time here. I don't know if you've heard, but we uh, just uh, banned winter this year. We went straight to 90 degrees in February, so uh, just be prepared for that. Actually, I think it might cool off a bit before you come. Uh, Debbie, tell us a little of your background, uh, what God has uh, done in your uh, your history and, and brought you to this point in ministry. Oh, thank you, Tom. I'd love to. I was very blessed by being raised in a Christian home and received excellent Bible teaching as a youth. And even in, when I was in college, uh, I was still very involved in church and loved that. And was blessed to marry a Christian husband, and we have two children who are now married. We've got four grandchildren. And as faithful as the Lord has been to me, and as much as I have sought to seek His face and glorify Him in my everyday walk, I still have found that life can be frustrating and life can be discouraging and life can throw us these plan B times and there can be times when we feel like we're not hearing from God or we feel like we're not uh, receiving um, perhaps a direction from Him that we want to. And and so those kinds of things uh, drive me to the Scripture to find the answers. And of course, as I mentioned, God is faithful. He does want to lead us. He does want to guide us. His Word is the truth. And there are ways that we can tune our hearts and tune our spirits and tune our minds to be able to better listen to God. So that's what this conference is about, is how we can better hear God's voice, how we can know it's Him speaking, not just random thoughts in our heads, and how in, in so doing we can walk closer to Him and live the life that He offers us, that abundant life that Jesus discusses and talks about. It's pretty easy, especially, I think, for women in this day and age with social media, you've got Instagram, you've got Pinterest, you've got Facebook, and, uh, you know, depending on the age, there may be Snapchat, all kinds of things. What I see happening a lot, and Debbie, you can you can tell me if I'm anywhere near the ballpark on this, you know, those things are really just the highlight reels of a lot of people's lives, and people, women uh, in particular, with kids that may be worn out at the end of the day and see one of these great meals that somebody else has prepared, they get into that whole comparison and then they start to get a little depressed because I, you know, I'm not living up to the standard and they forget that the only thing posted on social media generally is just the highlight reel of the day, only the good stuff. That's exactly right, Tom. And what's so important is for us to remember the extreme, passionate, powerful love that God the Father has for us, so much that He would send Jesus to die for us, to the cross for us, we must remember always at the forefront of our mind that there are a lot of highlights on social media and Twitter and Instagram, and and there are flashes of the best part of people's lives, as you've mentioned. But 
even in that, those are fading and those are passing away. And our lives are destined not just for the next party or the next highlight or the next event that might be something fun in the world sense of being entertainment, but our lives are destined for the throne room of the Lord God Almighty where our glory exists and, and love abounds. And that is where our hearts are supposed to be centered. That is to be the core essence of who we are. And the more closely we tune into God instead of Instagram and all the other social media that is out there, and I do all of that, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it cannot be our center. It cannot be our core focus of who we are and what determines if we are experiencing joy in our lives. So we are going to be looking at who the Holy Spirit is at this conference, because today it is the Holy Spirit, and Jesus said that the Father would send in his name, and he would be with us. That's that's one of the things I love so much about Christ's teaching is before he left, he prepared the disciples to know that he was returning to heaven. He had come from heaven. He was returning back to heaven to be with his father, but that he was going to send another who was just like him. And Jesus even said it would be to our advantage for him to return to heaven so he could submit the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is able to be with every single believer. And when we get our minds around what that means, the Holy Spirit, we ha- that means that we, we have an option, we have a choice to not live by our carnal flesh and our genes that we came into this world with. We have a whole new being who is within us who makes us new creations, and, and we are destined for the throne room of God. So there is just so much hope, there's so much joy, and the Lord wants us to tap into that and tune into that. And the more we know who the Holy Spirit is and how we can better discern His voice, then the more joy we will experience and the more we'll be able to live by what Peter addresses in terms of the divine nature. So it's really exciting. And this conference is going to be filled with a lot of hope, a lot of scripture as our source of teaching. And people will leave changed because they are able to recognize the fullness of all that God gives us in the Holy Spirit and being able to listen to his voice. Debbie Taylor Williams, my guest, she is the keynote speaker for Listen Up When the Spirit Speaks at uh, North Phoenix Baptist Church on March 18th. And sometimes people will say, oh, well, you know, this conference probably isn't for me because uh, I'm, I'm just a discouraged believer and you know that this is this is for people that are 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 encouraged believers. Who who's this conference for? Thank you for asking. It is for discouraged believers. It's for anybody who has said, you know, life has thrown me a loop. This will help you recenter and re be able to understand how the Lord wants you. He wants to speak to your heart and your voice and your mind. It's for dedicated believers, believers who are in church every Sunday and they've got it together and they're walking strong with the Lord. This will inspire and encourage and equip you with 31 points about the Holy Spirit that every Christian should know so that you have a a composite list so you not only have that uh, refresher information for yourself, but then you're able to go and perhaps teach that in your Sunday school class or share it with someone else. And it's for even defeated believers who may say, hey, I am... I haven't been to church and I don't know how long I wasn't on the radio, but I don't care a thing about setting foot back in the church. I've been hurt. Uh, that's not, that's not my thing anymore. 
please come, please come. I don't know what's happened to you in your past. I know I have experienced those times of feeling defeated or being hurt by another Christian, but, but that is not who Christ is. And Christ is the one we are coming to learn about. So I encourage you to come, whether you're defeated, discouraged, or you are dedicated and on fire. And also, it's, you may say you're not even a Christian, or you're not even sure what you believe, or you may have embraced a lot of different ideas of spirituality. Come! This is what is so great about the church opening their doors so we can gather, and there will be something for every single person. You will not leave empty-handed. This is a great opportunity also for fellowship. And one of the things that I've learned over the years is when people gather together and are seeking him, that uh, there becomes a camaraderie with those that we're at uh, whatever event it is with. That's exactly right. And and to think, why in the world would we want to pass up on an opportunity to be with others to also know that God promises if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. And I have never met a person who would not welcome the opportunity to know that they are drawing nearer to God, and God is drawing more near to them. And while we are all in that same place doing the same thing, there is a camaraderie, there is a fellowshipping of the Spirit. That Friday night can't help but be a good experience for all of us. I uh, one of the things you said earlier uh, kind of struck with me, and I wanted you to uh, comment on it a little further. And that is, you know, that that little bit of doubt that the deceiver can put in your mind about knowing, well, that was just your own brain thinking, uh, that wasn't really the Holy Spirit. You weren't really getting directed to do that. Uh, how important is it to know His voice? Oh my goodness. It is critical. It is. It can be the defining moment in whether or not we enter into a job or a relationship with the right person or the wrong person. It's the defining moment for if we make that investment or if we um, raise a child a certain way. It's the defining moment for decisions that we're making throughout the day. God is very intimate, and he is very interested in our best. He wants us to know and to be able to discern and determine His voice. So our learning His voice is one of the best um, things in the whole world that we can do. First of all, of course, is knowing that He forgives us of our sins, that He is a God of grace, and, and repenting of our sins and coming to Him for the salvation of our souls. But then it's learning the beautiful design that he has for us to know his voice, to know him intimately, and to walk by his spirit. So we've got lots of good things that we can learn, that we can grow in, and we can share with one another. Debbie Taylor Williams, listen up when the Spirit speaks at North Phoenix Baptist Church, March 18th. And uh, in just a few moments, I'll give you all the details for how you can get your tickets and uh, how you can plan on uh, joining Debbie. Last 60 seconds, though, is yours. Uh, Encourage ladies to join you. 
encourage you to find out more about the conference by going to my website. It's DebbieTaylorWilliams.com. You can find out more information about it there as well as find other helps and prayer tips and journaling tips and parenting tips and marriage tips. So go there. But overall, I am extending to you, my, my friend, my sister in Christ, a personal invitation. This could change your life. It could change your family. It could change your home. It could change your marriage. So come and hear what the Lord wants to say. And especially even after you leave to learn how to better discern God's voice when the Spirit speaks. And here's the best news. You can attend for free. Your free tickets for the North Phoenix Baptist Church. Listen up. You need to contact Vicki. You can do so by phone 602-332-5713. That's Vicki at 602-332-5713 for Listen Up. You can also send her an email, vvoice at cox.net. That's V-V-O-Y-C-E at cox.net. You're listening to Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us today. If you uh, want to attend, ladies, the uh, Listen Up at North Phoenix Baptist Church again, Call Vicki at 602-332-5713. That's 602-332-5313. And Vicki will get you set up with tickets. It's uh, this next weekend, so make sure and do that. Also, if you want to uh, find out more, you want to participate, uh, interested in some of the stuff, stuff you heard uh, from Phoebe and Hope in the Future, Online, azhope.com. That's A-Z-H-O-P-E.com. And uh, certainly encourage you uh, personally with the uh, Arizona Princess Program. It was it, it was really special. And uh, highly recommend you get involved with these kids. And Hope in the Future is a great, great organization. Michael Brewer uh, basically working from his heart on that. So really great organization. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to know you. And Lord, I pray that we will desire to know you more, more fully, more completely, daily, moment by moment. Lord, that every breath we take will be a complete understanding and acknowledgement that your grace and your mercy and the fact that you sent your son to give his life so that we could be restored, that sin could be removed, the wound healed, so that we could be together for all of eternity. It's overwhelming. There's just, there's just too much. Father, thank you for my wife, Mary. Bless her. Give her an awesome day today. Uh, continue to bless her. Show her just how much you love and care for her. And Lord, I pray that you will help her to be a light it shines brightly with her co-workers, with her managers, with those that she's serving. In thy heavenly name I pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, fabulous Friday. That's tomorrow already. Already. It's the 10th. Man, going by so quick. What's up with that? 
Uh, busy's good, though, right? I, I find that, uh, you know, on busy days, it just goes by quick. On slow days, nah. And I haven't had a slow day in a long time, so that's good, right? Anyway, be back. Bob Wallacheski tomorrow. Got a great show lined up. Blessings. Blessings.